Hello, lovelies. Welcome to year three of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. If you're new to the show, please remember, back it up and see what you've been missing. Those of you who love it already, remember, I need you. I need you to like, to share, review, subscribe, and maybe even consider clicking that patron button. Let's grow our community so that we can grow and learn together. You know, there are a lot of reasons why people reject their spiritual gifts. A lot of people don't even realize that they have them. Some people just think they're crazy, or maybe that it's their ego telling them that they're special. I mean, maybe it is. If your ego is telling you you're special, you're probably one of the lucky ones. You know, I thought everyone was just like me, that everybody could think like me and hear like me and see like me. And when I realized that they couldn't, I felt alone, sure. But at first, I felt guilty. I felt like it wasn't fair. That the fact that I could hear what other people were thinking or when they were being untruthful or what they were hiding, I felt like it wasn't fair. And my doors were wide open, okay? I was hearing more than was my fair share, but it doesn't mean it's unfair, right? I I took it to an extreme. I decided that I would act as if the opposite was true, that I would be so diligent about being what I considered to be fair, that I would just ignore what I knew altogether and live in the opposite reality. That was a huge mistake, of course. The right way to handle that was actually to make rules. And we'll get more to that in a few minutes about how to make guidelines and rules so that we can live both in the human world and the spiritual world so that we can allow both to be equal in value and therefore do what we came here to do. Now, the ego part. A lot of people say, why me? What makes me so special? I say, why not you? Why not you? Who are we to decide what the universe can do through us? I now believe with all of my heart and soul that it is more egoic for me to say, this is not real, I cannot help you, than it is for me to have faith that when I put these words on this recording, it will help more people than I could ever understand. Because this thing is bigger than me and your thing is bigger than you. So what are spiritual gifts? There are many, of course, but most are misunderstood and often twisted. There's a lot of information out there. And while most of it is good intentioned, usually about half of it is wrong and about half of that is dangerous. The gentleman that I credit with saving my life He saw that thing in me. He helped me rein it in. He helped me get my energy under control so that this thing wouldn't eat me alive. He's a hero to me, but he is one of those hypocrites I referred to before. And half of what he taught me was wrong. And the other half of that was dangerous. And as we've discussed in previous episodes, he is one where the universe ended up turning him off. 
not his life, but his gift and its reach. From my vantage point, the most prevalent, widespread, and even important spiritual gift is the path of the empath. Being empathic is the single most healing, effective, vital, and important spiritual gift that there is. It is also the most difficult until you rein it in and get it under control. When it's out there, loose in the universe, in the world, in the human world, you're taking in so much energy and emotions from other people and it feels like it's yours or in some cases like it's about you and that is hard and it's exhausting. But once you get it under control, it is rewarding, it is fulfilling, it is enlightening and it is energizing. Many, many empaths come to me. I believe it is part of my calling. I didn't understand what it was, but I knew it when I was a little child singing solos in church and I could see and feel the energy pour through me and shine all throughout the congregation. I knew that it was my job here on earth to radiate God's light. And for those of you who are flinching at the word God, understand I am not advocating for the anthropomorphic God who's waving his fist at you. It is the God that is the energy behind all things. And the truth is God can take any form. The universe can take any form. So it's just semantics. Translate where you need to. Don't be turned off. In fact, the most beautiful description you could ever get of God is when you ask an atheist what they believe in. That has never failed to enlighten my heart. Their description of God is so pure and so true. I digress. So that being my faith and my calling, I meet many, many, many empaths. So it is from my vantage point that it is the most prevalent gift, but I would argue that it's accurate anyway. (laughs) So... What does this mean? I refer to it as being a Wi-Fi hotspot for the universe. Something we should allow, not something that we do. An empath is someone who came here intentionally with the desire, with the ability to help other people clear their energy and emotions. Imagine with me, if you will. We are in heaven, in the ethers, in this unmanifest form, and everybody's so perfect and lovely, and we say, okay, I want to go to the earth. I want to go to college. I want to learn and grow and understand what this perfection is. But I've actually been there before, and I remember what a fucking hard time everybody is having. And so this time, I will come with the gift and the intention of helping other people clear their energy and their emotions. The problem is we wake up in this flesh suit and we don't remember how to do it. And therefore we just start taking it in through ourselves, right through the center of our being. And it is exhausting and destructive. It's backwards. 
We're not supposed to be the ones doing the work. All we are, really, is a little opening into the human world for the universe to be magnified. If there is an equal amount of God in everything, in you, in me, in this table, in my cat, in my dog, in the air, in the clouds, in the stones, in the dirt, sometimes there's an empath in the room. And when there is, that power is magnified. And it is healing to everyone there. Quite literally, my empaths, when you are at Kroger, everyone else is lucky that you're there. They don't have to know who or what you are for that to be true. But what you have to do is rein this in. Quit eating all of this energy and emotions, right? Because it feels like it's yours. You feel anxious for no reason, angry for no reason, sad for no reason. But it's not yours. It's not yours. It's everyone else's. You have to be able to peel yourself off of everyone else's emotions. You have to recognize when you think that bitch across the room hates you, it is not because she does. It's because she had a bad morning and you can feel it. And so when you know it's not yours or about you, peel it off and let it go. That is step one for my empaths. Step one is to recognize it's not all yours. And at some point, I'll probably release a YouTube video or something that really gets into clearing and shielding and how to remove this energy from you and protect yourself from it. But we need visual aids for that. So for now, step one, the same step one that I give to every empath that walks through my door begin to recognize it is not yours and focus more on what is than what is not because it is not some sacred martyred duty to carry this for other people that is not our job we are not the sunshine we are the crystal hanging in the window the sun shines through the crystal the crystal creates these rainbows and the rainbows do the work but all the crystal really has to do is keep itself clear. Keep itself clear, free of dust and dirt, and let the divine light of the universe shine through. Be that Wi-Fi hotspot. I have had people come in who tell me that they believe it's their job to carry the burden that they should, but that's just not true. Our spiritual gifts should never, ever destroy us. I remember seeing a movie years ago. I was maybe seven or eight, I guess. <laughs> it was a made-for-TV movie about a healer. And she traveled the country, and she healed people everywhere she went, and she had this massive following. And then in the end, she died of, like, every kind of cancer at once, right? Just, like, everything ate her alive. And I remember being just absolutely mortified, crying hysterically, begging the universe, this is not fair, this is not true, and somehow feeling that it could happen to me. And I begged, and I said, please, no, not me. Why? Why her? This is not fair. My parents had thought I lost my mind. You know, I've never brought it back up to them. I, I wonder if they'd remember. But what I remember is that that night, I heard very clearly, it won't happen to you. You will be protected and you will teach others 
their own protection too. Be clear. Not I or anyone else should do it for you. Sure, there are plenty of us. We can clear you. We can shield you. But that shit is temporary. And what's the point? You do not come here with a spiritual gift that you cannot manage on your own. None of you came here to be attached. Now, hear me. Because I believe that most, nearly all teachers are good intentioned. But many, many out of their human fear want you attached to them. And so they will get you to come again and again. I'll clear you. Let me do it for you. (laughs) Okay, fine. But that's a waste of your time. Let me, let someone teach you to manage your own gift. Let me or someone else support you along this path. But if you're not being taught to do it for yourself, walk away. Clairvoyance is another gift that is greatly misunderstood. Very culturally, um, people use the word clairvoyance to actually mean more things than clairvoyance purely is. Okay. On average, the person who's saying clairvoyance means any one or combination of seeing, hearing, or feeling spirit, God, the universe, your higher self, your intuition. Okay, now the thing about clairvoyance is it's largely useless. If you imagine for a minute looking out the window or or go ahead and look out the window, okay, maybe you see the neighbor's house. This is useless. You see it all the time. It doesn't really matter. It is there. It is matter. (laughs) It's just taking up space. It, It doesn't do much for you. You might look out and see a squirrel about to get hit by a car. There is very well, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to do anything about that. And so at best, you send love and light to the squirrel and you hope that he either makes it through or does not suffer. Only about a third of what you see with clairvoyance is useful. And then most of the time, it's just so that you're prepared to be the one who's calm and cool and collected. And the rest of the time, it's very rare that you can just tell somebody you know, hey, I had a vision of you, right? A lot of times people will think you're crazy, especially my spiritually gifted people who are out in the regular real world, which is really where most of us need to be because there are not a whole hell of a lot of people who are going to show up to talk to me or even, you know, I mean, here's hoping this thing grows and grows, but no matter how big it gets, there will be people who would never, ever listen to something like this. They need that random coworker, that person in the nail salon, you know, whatever, a friend who supposedly has a dream about them. My clairvoyance, do not carry the burden of trying to convince people that what you saw was true. Do what I call making up a parable, right? Come up with whatever story they can receive. When I was still teaching, I told people all the time I had dreams about them. Now, this was never, ever true. I very rarely get my premonitions in literal dreams, but people listen to dreams and they come up to you like a week later and they say, oh my God, I avoided that car accident because I was thinking about your dream and I recognized where I was, right? Or maybe they go and get, you know, a pregnancy test because you dreamt they were pregnant, you know, whatever. Sometimes it's bigger. Okay, I 
was clearing a business one time. This was years ago. And there was actually a photo of a family that was the woman who hired me as coworkers, right? And I could see very clearly that the husband had cancer. Now, I wasn't even supposed to be there. This woman certainly could not go tell her coworker, yeah, by the way, I had a psychic in here and she told me your husband has cancer. She couldn't do that. And even if she did, what the hell, right? So after we discussed it, what she ended up doing was telling the woman she had a dream that that had happened. Fast forward a few weeks, husband's having weird symptoms, wife remembers the dream, it's that seed in the bucket, and she pushes him, he goes, he gets a diagnosis, the mass is removed, everyone is good, right? If she had not followed through with the message received, it's not the clairvoyant's fault, okay? Just because you know shit does not mean it's your job to fix it, okay? So do not take it too seriously. Do not take too much responsibility because if you do, you will make yourself crazy. You can't stop everything from happening. Sometimes we just know because time and space doesn't exist and some of us can see through the layers and some of us can't. But be clear, more of you can than cannot. Now, it is important that we filter. This is one of those making rules things I referred to before. I have set the intention that I only want that is what, (laughs) I only want what is for my highest good or for somebody else's and is a message that I can preferably deliver with ease. I used to see everything and hear everything all the time. Over the years, I have grown in my intention that I don't want to know everything that everyone's thinking, not even my clients. I don't need to know every thought going through your head. If it is not useful in the achievement of your highest good or mine, I don't really need to know. And you can set that same intention too. Another place that you have to set intention is for those of you who can see, hear, or feel, or all of the above, spirit itself. This is an overwhelming experience often. And there's usually a point where it opens up real big and gets real scary. And that is almost always because the person just said, bring it on, instead of setting rules and guidelines for the reception of this gift. Over time, I have chosen to tell the universe that I will only receive the company of spirit if it is for my highest good, or somebody else's, and it is a message that I can deliver. I had enough experiences trying to explain things to people who didn't speak English, and that just scared everybody involved. First of all, I will tell you how to know if you're crazy or not, okay? If you wanna know if you're making it up or if it is real, understand. If you can feel that the information, that the image, that the words you are hearing originate in your brain, And I promise you, if you look for it, you'll be able to tell, right? If it's coming out of that lump of meat in your head, you are making it up. It's your imagination. Go ahead now and imagine, you know, some angel showing up. You can tell that that imagery comes inside of your brain. If you're hearing spirit in your ears, like you hear me right now, that's when you've lost your damn mind, okay? Spirit... (laughs) I just said that. (laughs) Spirit doesn't use your physical senses. It takes just a skew, just a little bit off of your human senses for the very true reason of you being able to tell if you're crazy or not. 
So if it's in your ears like my voice now, maybe you're crazy. (laughs) When we hear spirit, when we know, right? A lot of people get distracted because I say hear when they think it's more of a knowing, but it still takes up space, right? It's like you can hear it, feel it just behind the right side of your head or off to your left or at your gut, okay? It's not in your brain and it's not in your ears. The next thing to know for those of you who see or feel spirit is that there is no evil. Now, a lot of people will argue this because their religion or whatever has taught them that and it relieves sort of a whole lot of responsibility. But the truth is, spirit is never actually trying to scare you unless you've been dicking around, all right? Spirit will always be kind and gentle and whisper, but if you don't listen, eventually it will scare the crap out of you. You might see what you think is a demon at the foot of your bed when it's really just spirit trying to scare you so bad you get rid of the asshole laying next to you or make you take your health seriously or whatever. The things that spirit does to get our attention usually stems from the place of they forget that it's scary to be the human being walking around the world here. So you can make whatever rules you want, okay? You can say, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to see you in this way. You're not allowed to wake me up unless you're going to save my life. You can make rules and guidelines. Now, I do suggest that you never say, go away and don't come back. I mean, you can. But if spirit wants to hang out with you, it offers a great level of protection. So my rule is don't interrupt unless it is for my highest good, for somebody else's, if it's going to save my life or the lives of my children, right? Do be very clear because spirit is pretty literal, okay? And you also have to truly want what you're asking for. I was in one woman's house one time and she kept telling me she wanted me to make things not come down off the walls. Her grandmother would like make things fall, okay? Now, once I got in the house and could confirm for her that it was nothing scary, she actually didn't want that to stop. And I could feel it and that's okay, all right? You know, for a while, we usually want things to be elaborate, right? For a while, I would have a dramatic body temperature change and eventually I just told the universe hey I'm listening I don't need that it makes me uncomfortable it's a distraction let's not do that anymore and you can do the same thing so of course there are other gifts but these are the three that people end up showing up here with me um, you know talking to me on the phone or seeing me at an event and these are the ones that make them the most concerned, most worried, and often wondering if they're crazy or, you know, man, most of the empaths I meet that are full-grown adults, right, are on some kind of anxiety or depression medication. And while I am no doctor and I do not advise anybody to get off their meds without it, I have seen so many empaths discover how to control their gift and no longer need those kind of assistances anymore. If you are using something like that, any kind of medication, be clear. Medicine exists to retrain the body. So every time you take it, remind yourself, this is allowing my body to know what normal feels like so that then I can achieve it on my own. This is important. Please take that nugget with you. Before we wrap up, there's just a couple of more things. You know, I, I meet a lot of people who are in fear of their spiritual gifts 
because they believe that their religion, usually some form of Christianity, has taught them that this is wrong. But I would like to point out that in all spiritual texts, there is something similar to what there is actually in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians, it discusses how people are given spiritual gifts. Part of the passage says, To one there is given the spirit of the message of wisdom, to another of knowledge, to another of spirit, and yet to another faith. To another comes the gift of healing, and another the miraculous powers of prophecy or distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, or determining them. And these are the work of the one and same spirit, he who distributes each of them, each spiritual gift, as he determines. They're talking about God's work. It straight up says, right, that there are different kinds of spiritual work that God distributes them, that the universe distributes them, right there in Corinthians. So if you're questioning that this is something that destroys your faith, it does not. What it will do is help your faith evolve. All religions, all paths sort of exist on this continuum of truth, each one to get any individual as close to the truth as possible. So whichever one you're on, stay there until it's no longer useful and then just let it evolve. That's okay. So again, why you? Why not you? Why me? Why not me? We are here to be the Wi-Fi hotspot, to be the lighthouse, right where you are. That net that we create together, that reaches around the world, that connects each of us who's doing the best he or she can with their spiritual gifts and raises the vibration of the entire universe. Just remember, as you explore, set intentions and protection. Say, I will take on what is for my highest good right now. Know that the teachers, the healers, cannot do that for you. It is up to you. You set the intention. I take in. I give up only that which is for my highest good right now. This will keep anyone else from holding you back or holding you down. Never ever say bring it on. <laughs> I did that. That was drama. Don't say bring it on. All the doors fly open and your human life goes nuts. Okay? So if you say it and you mean it, you're screwed. All right? You say, I am ready and willing to unfold with grace and ease. I am protected. And my experiences are aligned each and every moment of each and every day with what is for my highest good right now. Till next time, beloved. Namaste. Hi, beauties. My name is Megan, and I couldn't pass up an opportunity to share who Jennifer Hall really is with all of you. Jennifer is a gifted woman who loves to share the tips and tricks of mastering lessons from the universe through real-life experiences. When I found Jennifer about two years ago, I did not know what to expect. My past conditioning had me fearing psychics and avoiding them, and that was something I overcame within my first conversation with Jennifer. 
She has no desire to control you or make decisions for you, but she will tell you what's best for your highest good and it's up to you to do the work or not. It's very common for people to seek out a psychic to read the future and sure, it's human nature to want to know what we don't know, to find the certainty in life, but what you actually get through Jennifer is so much deeper than knowing with, with certainty. It's really about how to grow through the uncertainty and embrace the power each of us hold deep within our own sovereignty and untapped gifts. Jennifer has helped me grow through many lessons in life, relationship lessons with my husband of 15 years, my gifted and stubborn children, career lessons that involved overcoming complacency and dealing with difficult bosses, and of course, lessons for my spiritual growth and tapping into and embodying my own authenticity. Her podcast, Lessons from the Universe, is food for the soul. It is channeled wisdom, and it is personal wisdom that she picked up as she learned and grew into who she is today. Jennifer is well known and sought out. I have people from all over the world reaching out to me to provide a referral to her so that she can speak with them and, and they're able to meet her. This podcast makes it possible for people all over the world to receive her messages and receive the love that she pours into the collective. If you aren't a patron today, please consider becoming one and donating as much as $1 per month. If all of her beloved fans donated just $1, it would make an amazing impact on her offerings to the world. I meet with Jennifer monthly, and I'm also a patron because I believe so much in the lessons from the universe, and I have witnessed the beauty in learning and growing, the beauty in overcoming and smashing the many bubbles of conditioning that I succumbed to in my past. I have a new, more powerful story, and a big part of this story is embracing lessons from the universe. Your story will continue to change, and your donations will help many others change their stories across the globe, allowing the story of the collective to change for the best as well. If you love and live through the lessons from the universe as much as I do, like, share, and become a patron, and watch Lessons from the Universe take the rest of the world by surprise in the best ways possible. Sending light and love to all of you. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. It is my privilege to have your ear and your time. Come out, find me on social media, visit one of my seminars, book an educational session, However it is that I can support you, I'm here. Remember, beloved, there's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.